Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Matt Watson. Hi, Matt. Hey, what's going on? I'm just kind of doing my thing, man. Just doing my thing. Going to talk to you about some stuff that's pretty familiar in your world. And I've got good news. Tell me. It's not Matt and Matt anymore. It's, it's not confusing anymore. Is it because you are Master Watson? That's right. Oh, man. Yeah. All right. First off, before we get into your new master status, because I do want to point out less than 20 seconds for you to bring up the master <laughs> status. So do you have a green jacket like when, the, when they win the masters? No, what is that? Uh, I'll explain that to you later, sir. Well, first off, let's introduce our guest today, and then we'll talk about why I'm not going to call you Master Watson. Okay. So with us today, we have Mr. Ray Levi from Stackify. He's our director of software development. What's going on, Ray? Hey, nothing, guys. Just glad to be here with you. Ray, we're glad to have you here, buddy. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, welcome to the show. But we, before we get into some of this, we got to really clarify this master thing. So, Matt, why do we have to call you Master Watson? Uh, you can call me whatever you want. I'll probably answer. But there's an event this week called Meet the Masters here in Kansas City where they pick uh, six entrepreneurs to basically tell their story for about 20 to 30 minutes each. And you can go around and listen to uh, three or four of them. You can kind of rotate around. I, I went to it before. It was super cool. Um, it was actually at Neil Patterson's house. And so Neil Patterson is one of the founders of Cerner, which okay. is like the largest company here in town. Um, so this time around, uh, I'm one of the, actually got picked to be one of the masters, which is pretty cool. Um, there's also, um, well, this is a pretty esteemed Hellsberg from yeah. Hellsberg diamonds, um, Dunn from Jay Dunn. Um, um, Mr. Bernstein, who invented the Happy Meal, is really. Um, I'm going to sit in on all of his sessions. He also did all years. the marketing for Blockbuster Video for years. There's one of those left. Um, then there's one or two more people. Yeah, and then lowly me. No, I think you fit in well. Um, so I'll tell you what. I will Rochambeau you to see if I call you Master Watson for the rest of the show. Okay, you ready? ready? Ah, oh, dude, it's got to be two out of three guys. You never do one. No. It's yeah, gotta Ray's got a good point here. Ray's got a good point. All right, fine. Anyway, I, well, I guess we should clarify since this is a podcast and not a video. DeCourcy won. Paper okay. beat rock. Right. You want to you play by play this for us, right? Absolutely. All right, yeah, ready? Let's do it again. Ready? One, two, three. Oh. Okay. Hey, <sighs> scissors cut paper. DeCourcy wins. Again. No master Matt. I don't even. Oh, that's right. I just, oh, you still have to call me master Watson. When, right? when, I, when I get caught <laughs> up, not when I get, I forgot what we were even playing for. <laughs> so it is, um, have you ever beat me on the show? That's like, I don't at think least, so. that's at least like 25. No. You got banned from competition for a while. Anyway, for those of you, if any of you can actually keep track of the score of Matt's ultimate shutout at Rochambeau on this program, I will send you a copy of each of my books, post the results on the startup. Hustle and you have way show. too much free time to know this information. No, man, we got a lot of people. I know they listen. They're, they're ready for the next episode. Anyway, let's get into this stuff. Cause I'm going to interview you guys today. All right. Sweet. All right. So Ray, once again, thank you for putting up with our crap, especially Mr. Watson, sir. 
Matt, sir. Yes, sir, Matt. That's what I, sir, Matt. Sir, Matt. So, well, first off, you guys just went to Cebu, right? That's right. Ray went with me. Yep. Congratulations on, we went on to making it back. We survived. Hong Kong on the way, and we're in Philippines for about seven days or something like that. But didn't you put out an advisory about cost alerts on drinks at the Hong Kong airport? <laughs> yeah, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Ray here ordered a double Jack and Coke, and it was $32. Well, you really need to be more specific. I ordered double Jack and Coke, expecting three ounces of alcohol in a glass with some Coke. What I got was a water glass, three quarters of the way full of whiskey, and a can of Coke. That sounds like a very good It was deal. a great I, I think a normal yeah. drink was more like a double or triple. Yeah. So he got a double. Of it didn't that. even change color when I poured the soda in because there was no room for the soda. Because well, that's not a double. That's, that's like, like a, a quadruple. That's a, yeah, it was my drink was super strong and mine was just normal. Did you have a Shirley Temple? No. <laughs> Roy Rogers. Come on. Roy, Roy Rogers. Rogers. Is that if, that's it's Roy the, Rogers if it's for dudes, right? Yeah. Okay. So you guys um, are some key players at Stackify. Um, that's been going pretty well lately, hasn't it? Yeah, it's going really good. We actually signed up our 900th customer today. Wow. 900 customers. That's yeah. a lot. Across like 50 or 60 countries. I can't even keep track. When you guys catch up with the number of countries the podcast has been listened to, let me know. <laughs> We're uh, over 140. Well, with the end year goal of 1,000, it's yep. great to be at 900 with still a quarter to go. Ray, have you been with Stackify since it was Stackify or did you come in later? I've only been here, um, technically I've been on premise a year. But I didn't actually join Stackify proper till late November, early December. Of last year? Yeah. Oh, wow. So you actually. So my year will be, yes, this I see. December. So you kind of came around right once once I started, right around the same time I started freeloading on Office Space here. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think you had just started. I think you were here when I yeah, came in. That was now just, I won't go away. That was, I know. I actually paid rent. Wow, I know. that is a step in the right direction. That's why I used your parking space this morning. Yeah, that's got to change. <laughs> I, I just say I pay rent. In so. our stand-up, I said, hey, James, have you handled that towing of that truck yet? And uh, he walked by. Of course, he walked by. And I said, hey, man, I'm really sorry. I didn't recognize that oh, vehicle. God. And so it got Unless towed. your name is reserved parking, it's not your spot. <laughs> so, well, anyway, Ray, I know that you guys had worked together before i think at some point we no tried. we actually yeah. tried to uh didn't work out at the time working with watson's tough he, i hear you. he wouldn't hire me i left vin solutions and he got hired like a year later or something like that i see okay so i worked there for five years i'm really glad to clarify this time frame so well you know ray you've been around the office since i've been uh freeloading here yeah freeloading here hey I, it's not freeloading after you pay rent <laughs> um which wasn't a whole lot, so maybe I am still freeloading. But anyway, I've you know I've I've really grown to appreciate what both of you guys do. I've learned a lot by watching both of you, um, and I think that you know what we wanted to talk about today was well a little bit with Stackify, and I think you guys have a both have a very modern and professional approach to getting shit done. Is that fair? We we'll try to. Yeah. It's the goal. Yeah. So, and then some of that, um, we've been working together. We've been in cahoots a little bit with our the full scale office over in Cebu. Yep. Stackify was technically our first client. Yeah. And uh, we've. I mean, seen, that's the whole reason we started it. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, I did start it a while ago. Maybe. I don't know. I just <laughs> never really had any clients. <laughs> well, if you were your own client, 
I was. You have a client base of for one, a long time. And you we, are the only. Client. We would basically have about an annual client. That was about right. as much as I could deal with. But yeah, the, you guys have really helped me uh, do a lot of the stuff better than I needed to do better. Yeah, I think now. we have about eighteen people there now. Yeah. And nineteen. Nineteen. We'll put one more on today. Okay. Yeah, and the great thing about being, or did we? I don't know. I can't keep track. I can't count that. The great thing about being the largest and only client to start is that I think we've helped, you know, tweak the way the business is is being run and helping augment the talent there and getting the right talent. I mean, you and I worked together to find the testing strategy for the employees and that we worked through all of that. We, t- we talked about that a little in the last yeah. episode, uh, some of the ways we evolved our hiring process and yeah. stuff like that. Um, now, you, Ray, you have a history working with remote developers, mm-hmm. and uh, have they've been all over, haven't they? Yeah, so, um, well, I could go way back, but I've worked with folks from Russia. I worked from uh, India, uh, Malaysia, uh, uh, Colombia, and now... Cebu, the Philippines. Sure. Okay. Well, and you worked at Dell and where, where else did yeah, you work so, to um, do all that? So, um, Accutype was, um, yep. a company, local company here. We had a lot of, um, outsourced resources to do the transcription of the, of the doctor's notes for one. Uh, but then we also tried to expand development. And so we went to a Russian firm that some of the, somebody knew somebody and we tried that and limited success there, but experience we learned a lot about how to do it and how not to do it there well let's expand on that a little bit we don't have to pick on the firm or the country or anything like that that's good because i don't really remember the firm the (laughs) the uh, the challenge was was one of you know you give them specs and you get results and they're not at all what you desired um behavioral things of the application it would act crazy and windows resizing all over the place and it was a web it was a win form app so it wasn't a web based at the time um, what it just underscores is what we all know to make, to be successful, you have to have a couple of things. You've got to have good leadership on the other side that you can rely on and you can communicate right. with that. You don't have to explain every intimate detail and you have to know what you want and you have to document it and you have to set rails without those things. You, when you say rails, so do you mean like borders to say within or like, don't, don't, exactly. don't, don't fan this out and try to do 10 things before you do one well? Right. Well, okay. that part of the part of that project management, yeah, that's that's important too. But when I said Rails, I mean more uh, what technology you're going to use, um, okay, uh, frameworks and languages and things of that nature. So they were using some control libraries that were just kind of insane and didn't work well. I'm already going to tell we're going to have to publish a small glossary <laughs> in the notes here. But um, so, all right, so. A fair amount of our listeners and and people that take in the show on a somewhat regular basis are non-technical. Okay. So if you are a non-technical founder still looking for that perfect match with your technical co-founder, how do you, do you have some advice on doing some of the stuff that you just, because I mean, you're obviously a tech guy. Yeah, I've been um, programming from the very beginning of of my career and then moved into management several, oh gosh, I don't even know how many years ago, but um. So, so help me out understand what you mean. What scenario are we talking about? All right. About? So I'm, I'm obviously not a technical founder. Um, I like to tell people I write checks, not code. Right. And if, you know, Matt and I are always suggesting if you're a non-technical founder, you need to find a technical co-founder. For sure. And that, but that's not always the way things work out. So if I want to get started and I'm doing something, you know, like what's a good way for me to approach getting my idea out of my head? 
Because by the way, what you mentioned is true. Like if you don't know what you, the worst client or people to work with, you say, well, what are you looking to do? And they're like, I don't know. What do you think is best? <laughs> I'm like, I think it's best that we don't do this together because you don't know what you want. Well, and often what people think they want is not what they need. One thing I learned way back when I was using waterfall agile or waterfall methodology instead of agile is that you'll spend a lot of time dealing with clients and figuring out what are they saying they want. And then you go off and you do a design and you do a build and six months, eight months, 12 months later, you bring back something that they asked for, but it's not really what they need. Right. It's what they thought they wanted and what they thought they needed, but it's nowhere near what they actually need. What are you going to do with this uh, report that I just generated that took me six months? Oh, I'm going to put it here in this drawer. Well, if you put it in the drawer, what value is it, right? So you need, as a as a founder in my mind, you need to talk. You need to have a relationship with somebody who can be that uh, that thought leader with the technology and help you determine this is what you're asking for. What's the benefit? Draw them out for what you're really trying to accomplish, and then you can develop a product strategy. Mr. Watson, as a thought leader, what are your comments on this? Well, I think a good example of this is, you know, we're working on making an employee database at right. full scale, right? Because we have so many employees now. We hired like 17 people last week or whatever the number is. And yeah, we need to create our own little database, right? So you go to the team, like, create a database. Well, if a whole bunch of time goes by and they bring you back this, what they think is perfect thing and it's terrible, you're going to be really mad. But if they come check with you every couple of days and say, I like this, I don't like that. The process goes a lot smoother. Right. I actually, well, I was just talking to you about, you know, 10 minutes before we hit record that I'd said, I need to take a little more ownership and be a little more aggressive about outlining exactly what we need. Yeah. And I think part of that, you told me to go build a database of employees. I would say uh, build versus buy is your first question. To yeah. Answer. Yeah. And so there are, why, why reinvent? why reinvent the wheel? Somebody has something that's going to fit your needs. I think that's actually a really good point, especially when you're trying as in an early stage company, when you're trying to come out with, you know, this minimally viable product is, you know, we're in this world of this golden age of integration mm -hmm. and you know, so many things that, you know, now I've had clients actually recently kind of ask about, you know, they built what I call a Franken app you know, where they've got 10 non-proprietary things that they're calling their platform and it's not worth anything because it's 10 different people's technology just tied together. I could put it together myself, but at some point, you know, you can go back and review what's worth having control over. And sometimes it's a cost cutting measure or just different things. Well, that that kind of goes to the definition of what is a system. Yeah. A system could be 10 disparate tools. One, taking the input from the last tool and becoming a system that does what you want. That's not a great experience, but it solves the need short term. And then it helps you know and hone what you actually want to do. So proof of concepts, like what you're describing, are valuable. Well, speaking of systems, if any listeners are interested <laughs> in more information about my system on winning big at penny slots, <laughs> um, I would be more than willing to discuss that. Okay. So, I mean... Matt, go ahead and say it. Building software is all about communication. I think that's pretty much pretty much sums it up. Would you agree? It's all about telling them what, what you want, making sure they understand it, make sure they ask the right questions. I think it's good advice, whether regardless of where the development team is. Yeah, it is. doesn't matter. Yeah. And and I think that also just from the startup perspective, I mean, it just helps you. 
as a founder, like you got to start prioritizing as well what you want to build and what's more important and what you can live without. I look back at Gigabook and one of the biggest mistakes I made early was just trying to build too much crap that users would have lived without. Like I should have definitely like put together an MVP a little faster, put it out there and saw what uh, the reaction right. that we got. So, okay. So now we, at the beginning of the show, we talked, you know, sacrifice, you guys are all over the place. You guys are running. Aren't you, uh, did you tell me that you were Amazon's biggest client in the Midwest or something? Microsoft Azure. Okay. Yeah. We're one of the largest clients in all of the Midwest. Yeah, so there's a lot going on there, um, and you guys have a lot to deal with. As as Stackify uh, scaled up and grown, have you guys worked on managing that? You know, like what's the like? Are you trying to think five moves ahead? Like what's going to happen when we have nine thousand users? Or we do. I mean, and so this is actually was part of our challenge and why uh, partnering together to start full scale was so critical. Right. Is we had at the beginning of this year we had like seven, eight, nine software developers here in Kansas City. Mm -hmm. But even for us, that was sort of a skeleton crew. It was hard to get a lot done. That's what that's kind of what it took to keep the lights on. And it was happening support, during one shift. Support too, yeah. the system. Um and the only way that we could really move the needle was to like double, triple the size of the team. And and that's actually what was part of what led us to start uh create the office there in Cebu, right? It was like so we need to go hire ten people in Cebu. You said Master DeCourcy. No, I didn't. You didn't? No. That's every time you say Madam DeCourcy. Oh, dang. I'm I am a little That's far more appropriate than that. Yeah, master. I'm getting Ray, I'm getting old like you, buddy. I, oh, I uh, <laughs> you're never gonna catch up. I know, I know. I'm always a lap behind. But you know, I'm so far behind I actually on many days feel like I'm on the lead lap. So But the the key to us was really scaling up the team. We we didn't have enough resources to do things the right way do all the things we needed to do. Uh, so now it's really exciting because we have like five different development teams that are doing different pieces. And one of them is more proactive work that's trying to like optimize performance, reduce costs, things like that. That's part of what they do. Um, but yeah, we we manage hundreds of servers. We have like 1,500 database servers. We, I mean, we have a lot of stuff. Yeah, and to, to tack on a little bit to that, um, the only reason we were able to do that, to take five people and convert it to five teams is the quality of our staff. I'm going to give a little shout out to the quality of our staff here at Leewood. They, oh, yeah. they are super smart, yep. senior guys who are passionate about this company and the software and what, you know, just what they do. And they were willing to change their jobs significantly from heads down developers to leaders. I know a couple of three of them weren't crazy about that. I interviewed them right when I started and they were happy doing what they were doing, but you can't scale one person. You have to scale his or her knowledge and having those leadership skills and honing them and caring enough to read books about it. And to that really speaks to the flexibility and the, um, the quality of the people we have here. You know, that watching that and participating in that somewhat from, you know, kind of not directly, but working with trying to help you guys build the team in Cebu actually helped me coin the phrase guided development because you guys were guiding that process over there. And I look at, you know, for sports fans, I look at the folks here, they're using their, their senior level, really brilliant. And they are brilliant. Like, you know, like it's, it's amazing how smart 
these these folks are, and they're able to pass that on and and utilize that knowledge and send that blueprint over to the, our office in Cebu and see right. things happen faster. And I bet it's on some levels less headaches. Well, and the, and the great thing about the staff that we acquired in Cebu that you helped us find was there are some quality leaders there, people right. that have been leading teams for 17 years and other big companies partnering with our guys with lesser leadership experience, but good technical experience. They both are growing. They're both raising up and being super productive. So that's, that's, the, that's a win-win for everybody. Yeah, it's been fun to watch. Yeah, that blended team where we have kind of the team leads here and then we've got three or four people that work with each of the team leads uh, in, in the, our office in Cebu, that, that blended model has worked perfectly for us. So, the, you know, we knew months ago that you were going to need a lot more developers, but we weren't able to just put 20 of them on the project. Let's talk a little bit about what it takes to prepare and get ready to scale your growth and your team the way that you guys did. Because, you know, I was like, I'm, you're, I'm hearing Matt say, I could see us having 20 people there by the end of the year. I'm like, cool, let's hire them all now. It's like, well, we got to get ready for that. Amazingly, we're there. I mean, we're at eight, yeah. 18 or 19 or whatever it is. And it does seem crazy now to think back to, I don't know if that was April or May or when that time frame was. We were talking about that. It, it did seem kind of crazy at that moment. But we're there, and it's working great, and I can see it continue to grow. So uh, I used to give you a little crap about your jump and grow wings. <laughs> jump of, and build wings. Jump and build wings. Yeah. But, but honestly, that's kind of what we did. Yeah. Um, we were lucky enough, like I said, to find some leaders up front. And some of those folks that filled in the teams afterwards came as referrals from those guys. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think FullScale is developing a reputation over there of a great place to work. And so that is yeah. through the, I mean, IT is, everybody always talks. There's a, they're tight knit regardless of whether they work together or not. You read the same things, you read the yeah. same blogs. And so that's, that's part of it as well. Yeah, there's only two or three degrees of separation usually. Right. So back to communication being a big part, an important part of success. So how do you guys communicate with your remote team? So mostly, um, except for this one visit, it's all been across um, Zoom meetings. There's a, uh, it's video, a pretty good conference, video conferencing, yeah. pretty good uh, platform to do that. Um, we try to do the agile practices, the standard stand-ups every day, um, and other meetings ad hoc. We record um, any kind of onboarding type stuff or any kind of a knowledge share. We record it, save that off. Team drives for all the documents that we build. Uh, anything else you can think of? I think one of our original challenges with this was how do we bring on a new employee, period, Yeah. right, right? And, and bring them up to speed. It didn't matter if they were sitting here in our office or sitting there in Cebu. We just weren't really prepared for that. So the, the first couple of times we did that was a little painful. It's like, oh, what do you have to install on your computer? What do you need to know? How do we train them? Um, but now we've done it 18 times. We've got all that, right? We have a lot more documentation than we used to have. We have training videos. We we've, we kind of figured out the system, and, so it's been good. And it's like train the trainers, right? So we, we started out building a, a framework of what we thought to onboard. And then as we've continued to grow, they refined that. The Cebu guys do it almost without our involvement now. Yeah. Because they've gone through it. They know what they need. They've learned from experience and modified this living document, which is our onboarding strategy. But most, most of our communication, I think, happens over Slack. Yeah, well, that's you know? true, too. Yeah, so absolutely. Um, early on, I was doing 
Zoom meetings, video meetings with uh, certain members of the team almost every day. But I don't do that as much anymore. It's 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 mostly Slack. Although, uh, uh, Madam DeCourcy, remember earlier I was in here with you and I said, oh, I got to run and go jump on a video call with one of the team members. So I, I ran into that real fast. We did some screen sharing, worked through a, a bug in the software we were trying to track down. And yeah, well, I mean, Whether I'm here or Cebu, I love photo bombing or video bombing your meetings. Like so you guys are sometimes <laughs> in the conference room. I just love standing outside the glass and I can, you guys don't even notice I'm there sometimes, but I can tell the people in Cebu are laughing. I did the same thing when I was in Cebu. Um, they were, one of the guys was on a conference. So I'm sticking my head. Yeah. In the, yeah. We're super, the, we're super mature, we're super professional. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Hey, if you can't have fun doing stuff, man, why do it? One of the things that has been outstanding, about the team uh, has been their communication skills. And um, I'm still blown away by that many times. Um, you never Just going into this, I was a little skeptical about how good their English would be and their communication skills would be. And um, it's it's been pretty remarkable. So it, it still sometimes um, shocks me, like when we're there and you start talking to somebody and, and like they just have like the most perfect English in the world. And I'm like, English isn't even your first language here. <laughs> I know it makes you feel like a really poor linguist. Although Matt yeah. knows, like, Siggy, Siggy. Matt knows, Siggy, like, Siggy. <laughs> I forget about that. Matt knows like twelve words yeah. in Tagalog. So I'm learning new words every day. He thinks he's like Master Watson mm-hmm. of like the Rosetta Stone, of Messiah. yeah, or something. So Ray, I'm trying uh, to learn. You, you know, Matt and I went to Cebu earlier this year, and you know, so when he went back with you, he had already had his first impressions, like. What were you surprised about? Like what really? You know, I heard him and you both talk about how, you know, different it is there. And I I just took that in. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. I know. Well, when you actually are there, it is so different. It's it's impossible to describe how different it is. Um, It was amazing how the haves and the have nots are living right side by side and working side by side. And and, and there's just, um, I feel good about about bringing our business there. I mean, these guys are, are, are successful and they're, and they're profiting and they're, they're prospering. Right? Some people say you're taking advantage of people because you're paying them less. And for, but guess what? Competitive rate there, they're living well. Yeah. And it brings the entire economy up by, by that inflow of, of Yeah, money. we're creating uh, very high paying jobs there. Yeah. Were you surprised at the workspace that we'd set up? Um, it was very nice. I was surprised that how you were able to take something that could have been a living space for somebody, yeah. right, and made it a conference room. And and you know, I said, why, why is there a kitchen in this in this conference room? Well, yeah, that's for, because it's a it's a studio apartment. For, for those that aren't familiar, the office that we're in before we rented the floor of the skyscraper we're moving into, um, it's mixed use. Right. So, you know, those all of those spaces that are in there. People could live next to your office, or there could be twenty people in there. Well, and when I was there, I was actually trying to take a nap one day, <laughs> and the fire and the fire alarm went off. Well, uh, when I went, burns popcorn or something like that, and when I went there, I stayed at the office building. That's I did right, the Airbnb. I was there the whole time. You want to talk about living at work? I did it. Because guess what, guys? When it comes to the success of our clients like Stackify, I'm going to do it. I need to live at the office to help. I don't do it. Yeah, so I was up in 19C, as you put it, and taking a nap. I was having a headache. I took a took an aspirin and having a headache. Was the headache? Down. Did that have anything to do with Watson? Well, not until later. <laughs> not until later. Mr. Wait, Watson, the next morning. Master Watson yeah. walks in that no, no, door. No, 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 Mr. Watson. <laughs> okay. Walks in that door. 
and flicks on the light and sees me there. And out of all courtesy, does not turn off the light. He just walks in and sits down. I got a meeting in here. <laughs> like, I thanks, man. thanks, man. Hey, I'm not going to fault him for that. I would have done the same thing. <laughs> That's why Actually, I'm I would have started clapping and been like, get up, get up. Yeah. So, so what, what surprised you the most about the team there? I mean, you had talked to most well, of them many I, times before yeah, we met. So. You have a rapport based on the work we've been doing together and the communications we've had. But, you know, that team – Every single person is just a happy person. Yeah. And That's why they're smiling. Sunny, yeah. Man. They're yeah. smiling all the time and they're helpful. They want, you know, and eager to interact, you know. And, and it's just so I did one on ones with almost, well, I don't say everybody. I did probably Half six one on ones, yeah, with some of the key players. I missed a couple that I really wanted to do. But, and I would ask questions about, you know, the culture. What can we do to make, you know, culturally better fit with, with how we're communicating or whatever it is? What, what can we do? Um, they've all been working with U.S. firms. So, yeah. the, so they're already used to us. And so right. it was just natural. It they're wasn't not like, used to you, Ray. <laughs> that's impossible. But it's not <laughs> like you're in any foreign land. I mean, you're in with developer-minded people that understand you well, and they're all rowing toward the same shore. So, yeah, they get it. They get it. Now, I mean, some of that's a product of the hiring standards that – that we've put in place. I mean, we're, like I say, we're looking for people that are in that top 20% of what they do, preferably the top 10. And then some of them, like you guys have some rock stars that no one, no one will grab, no one will stand at the end of the assembly line like Matt. <laughs> and uh, no, that's, that's not true. But they, uh, you know, the, it, it's funny cause I, I deal with the other 60 people and the thing that I always find interesting is they all want to work for Stackify. Like they just think it's cool. We didn't even mention what Stackify does. We should do that. What does Stackify do, Matt? Um, you ever use software programs and they break? Yeah, every day. Yeah. We help developers find out when that happens, fix the shit, which uh, happens every day. I tell people it's code that checks code. <laughs> it's code that checks code. Yeah. Pretty yeah. much. We're like the black box of an airplane, collect a lot of data. So if my computer crashes, uh, all of the screaming and cries for help are saved inside Stackify? Maybe, yeah, if it's a server. It could be on some <laughs> level, yeah. right? If right. it's a server, yes. Mm -hmm. We collect okay. all that data. Okay, so, and then, all right, so how have you guys utilized your remote teams over there to accelerate the things you needed to do here and how have you trans because you guys have definitely been on an upswing. I think that's fair. Yeah. Right. And that's a, some, a lot of that as a result of utilizing the new resources in some way it has to be right. It, it does. And, you know, as we discussed earlier, earlier this year, I felt like we were kind of had a skeleton crew. We had several, yeah. several people, but it was hard to innovate and really move forward. We were just kind of keeping the lights on and we're making a little bit of progress, but not a lot of progress. Unfortunately, we had a bit of turnover here. We had uh, three or four people who left the team in Kansas City. Um, a couple people we really didn't want to lose. A couple others were like, eh, okay, whatever. Um, you know, one of, one of the guys got recruited to move to Seattle and go work for Amazon Web Services. And we're like, go live your dream, dude. We get it, you know. Um, but the, the uh, job market here is so hot. It's so competitive. Our employees get recruited every day. And anyways, you know, Part of what I told the team is like, okay, we can hire a couple people here to, you know, backfill those positions, or we can go hire five to 10 people in Cebu, and I think we can move the needle forward. And, and, and that's really 
what we had to do to move the needle. And there was a little apprehension, right? A little bit. Yeah. There was some people were a little nervous about it at first. Well, I was a little nervous about it, um, to be honest, because I thought we were doing an experiment. We we're going to try to spin up a team. And before I, never, I knew it. I never it, felt that way. Before I knew it, um, you know, there were 10 people. I, I took a week vacation and they were, came back and there were 15 people. And <laughs> I'm like, uh, okay. Sounds, sounds like right. every day. I'll adapt to that. Yeah. Um, but what I'm what I'm grateful about is the the way things progressed with the way you guys do your your hiring. You know, at first I was at seven eight o'clock at night. I'd have two or three hours a night where I was interviewing folks, and at your request, at my request for sure at that point. Um, but the maturity of that model has been great because now I can feel confident that I feel a little better. Than well, I can feel confident yeah. that I can let you do that work right. and I don't have to do it anymore. I'm not doing it anymore. I, um, I, I'm borderline retired now. Isn't that what we decided, Mr. Watson? I think retired and lazy are different things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, your, your words were that you wanted to be Mickey Mouse. I do. Cause Mickey I want Mouse. to, I want to progress to the role at full scale where all I do is tell people about the magical kingdom. I don't necessarily want to make the magic. You're just there for the photo ops and autographs. Yeah. And children pulling my tail and stepping on my feet. <laughs> That's like, like being that. at home. I'm a, yeah. My goal, my goal <laughs> is to build a workplace that has a trash can every 10 to 15 feet. There you go. Yeah. And a hidden jail underneath. But I think to further answer your question about uh stack fiber, talking about that though, um, that we hired those first five, 10 people and went really well and just kept going and going and going and going. And but you, you did now that. we're really at scale. Like, and, and that's part of the reason we called the company full scale is it was about how do we get our development team to scale so that business can scale. Because individuals don't scale. And, and, and when you lose three thought leaders, like we did, uh, we were really kind of hurting to be yeah. honest with you about, yeah. and that's why it was almost on life support. I think you said yeah. we um, back sold one of the positions here and then a couple we didn't that we, basically use that budget to apply towards the team there. And then this expanded the budget basically. So the, but the, what made the revolutionary difference was, all right, for those of you that aren't technical, you know, the code that checks code at Stackify, well, there's a lot of different languages and types of code yeah. and, and what you guys have done and accelerated. So, you know, a year ago when I first started sharing an office here with Mr. Watson, um, you guys were only supporting a few languages and that was problematic because there's dozens of them. Well, there's, we only supported two at the beginning of this year. Um, How as, are you up to now? As of now, we support three, uh, but we have two more that will be completed in the next two to three months. So all that is moving very fast. And that was a huge piece of why we did that because we needed to build support for about five more languages. Who was the third one, PHP? PHP. Yep. I mean, that's like, 25 or 30 percent of the software platforms in the world that's a pretty significant addition right yeah it is and so and really actually what matters for us more is perhaps what are the new projects being written in because usually when people buy tools like ours it's a new project that they're doing hmm. maybe not an old project that's been yeah. around forever um so really it becomes more about what are the new things being built and php is still one of them I installed Stackify inside the podcast and it just kept saying error, error, error. And it was, it seemed to be when you were speaking a lot. Oh. Yeah. It said my app score was a D minus. Does it sound about right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's super exciting for us to build support for other languages. And we never could have done it without hiring the team there. We, we couldn't hire two developers in Kansas City to do Ruby and two for Node.js and two for PHP and two for yeah. Python and couldn't afford it. There's just I, no way. 
Well, you have some versatile people over there that have been helping with multiple Absolutely. things too. I think that's been pretty cool. We kind of went. We love the polyglot. Yeah, I love the fact that you taught. That's when it comes to being a linguist and and teacher of words and a master of the speaking bee. You teaching me the word polyglot is easily your mm-hmm. your biggest contribution because you keep coming into my office and saying things in Tagalog, and I just shake my head. You mean to tell you how to say polyglot in Cebuano? Sure. Is it polyglot? polyglot yeah. Okay. That's what I thought it might be. Now I'm not letting you out of here because earlier you said you didn't understand the green jacket reference. Yeah, is, that, is that one of those weird games that no. people pay, oh, stop, play? Stop even talking about it. They like hit balls that. around or something. <laughs> what? what are, First long, off, what are you talking about? <laughs> what is, long, long sticks, metal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what is that game? Look, we're not playing this Harry Potter stuff here. Are you talking about what is that game called? <laughs> Cribbage or something like that? Like you don't have to chase the whatever. Yes, I know what masters are, but that's. I hate golf. I, well, I don't. I he, don't live, he lives on a golf course. I just don't understand it. I. I'm like, if you live on a golf course, you it's learn just to as frustrating. Golf. Even if you live there, can I? It can, doesn't get less frustrating. I want to play there. Well, I don't. I didn't embarrass myself. I'm gonna. Well, I play <laughs> golf I like I, I play golf like every three years. So yeah. if you see my truck in your driveway and you're like, "Where's DeCourcy?" Just, just. I live on a golf course. I took lessons for a couple of years. I tried to play really hard. I took my wife to Top Golf, and her first time she ever played, she beat me. She beat me that too. That pretty much sums it up. She, yeah, she didn't even want to play. We made her play. We we're like, no, you're not coming to Top Golf and not playing. Actually, both our wives beat us. Yeah. Now, speaking of interesting wife facts, so my wife once hit a hole in one playing golf. She was on the high school golf team. She had a hole in one, and we were together for three years before she ever mentioned it, and. I just thought that was amazing. I was like, yeah. you, like when she told me that, I was like, we've been together for three years and you're just now telling me you've had a hole in one. And she was like, is that a big deal? I was oh like, are gosh. you kidding me? But if I would put that on my business card, it would be like Matt DeCourcy, guy that works at full scale and also had a hole in one in golf once. That's a long business card, man. Hey, look. I, you so know. her finding you wasn't the hole in one? <laughs> Not even sure how to respond to or take that. So, <laughs> too, many, too many jokes on that. Well, um, Mr. Watson um, and Master Levi. Oh, Ooh, that's bad. That's bad. His name is now Lay Levi. Oh, geez. I don't even want the to folks in Hong Kong had a had a hard time. Okay, I'm sure that was you know. They speak English better in the Philippines. Yeah, I, I did that in really Taipei good. when I was telling you the story about the trying to – Oh, I, so when I was in the Taipei airport, I was trying to find my wife a purse, and I pride myself on my weird ability to have an eye for quality for women's purses. I don't know how that happened. It must be genetic. But I asked about buying one of them, and the girl – punched up the conversion rate was 3,700 US. Mm. I was like, wow, I think I will walk up this corridor and buy something different. Um, so Matt, I'm going to, uh, um, probably come to the master's thing. Cause I want to hear the happy meal guy talk. Okay. I think that there's a lot to be learned from that. Okay. Mainly I just wanted, yeah, I just wanted to meet the guy that invented the happy meal. All right. Think about that. The Happy Meal. So I wanted to tell a purse story while here. Oh, do it. If it embarrasses Watson. No, it won't embarrass Matt. It won't embarrass Matt. But But uh, wait, wait. First, what was Matt's uh, rating on karaoke on a zero to 10? I think I got it. You need to be honest here. I think I got a 40 out of 100 on one of them. Oh, you're talking about the actual rating? I want your your assessment of Watson. Ray got 100 ones. I think that, I I think that, um, you know, if it was the right song and the right 
key, you know, 55 or 60, I think he could, he could score that. Out of 100 or out of a million? Out of 100. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, but my, my, uh, my purse story, we, we were having a meal down there, having lunch with, uh, with Colleen and her husband. And we were Did talking you lose about, your purse? We were talking about, I wanted to know what is um, a, a good thing to buy as a, a souvenir that is strictly Philippine. Right. I don't want just a bunch of crap that and, and, doesn't mean anything. And to clarify, Colleen is our president. Right. Madam President. Pre- Madam, Madam President. We refer to her as Madam. Scale, yeah. She likes that. Type. Yes. Yeah. Yes, she does. So um, they said a frog purse. I'm like, what do you mean? They said, well, it's literally a purse made out of a frog. Oh, my God. And I'm like, are you saying a live frog was converted in? Yes. So I'm like, bull, I got to see this. So we we went out to the mall. We were in the mall eating, but we went out to the mall area and couldn't find it that day. We found it the you next day. You didn't go to the frog purse store? We there, found them We found there them eventually. It is a frog purse store, basically. Wow. It's, a, it's part of the other souvenirs in his shop, but he had 10 of them hanging there. And they are huge. You can't see, can't see my hands, but it's probably as big as a, I don't know, what would you call that? It's Small frisbee? Hamburger or something. Yeah. That's a and it hamburger. is a frog that they have... Preserved, gutted. There's a zipper across its chest, and it is a purse. I bought three of them and brought them home because I yeah. thought they were so awesome. So <laughs> I'm you, unpacking my bag. Post a picture of that in the startup hustle. Absolutely, I, we want you to post I will it for the listeners. That. I will do that and tag Matt Watson. I will. Did you give those to your I, well, uh, wife and everybody? Well, I brought them home. <laughs> 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 and my wife is like, a, she's like, what? the hell is that are you legally allowed to import that back it's not alive she said that is the creepiest thing i've ever seen i don't want it in my house what what are you what are you going to do take those to work have one available auction them off i I don't want them in my house i want it and so i'm going to keep my business so i said i thought i thought the three granddaughters would like it you know she says Alyssa, their mother would absolutely crap if you brought that over there Perfect. So I don't know what I'm going to do with these, you know, $60 worth of frog purses that I've got. What? $20 each. I'll take one of They're them off awesome. your hands. They're awesome. I want one for sure. I'm going to keep my business cards. I'll, I'll, I'll trade you dried mangoes for one. I'm going to, dried mangoes are the bomb. Are the, Did you have a mango shake? Yes, we did. Isn't that just like a little slight? Do you have green no, the, or regular? The pineapple shape is actually better. Did you just, Because we put no. two shots of, of yeah. vodka in it. That doesn't count. It was much better. Did you learn what if you're a uh, regular or a green mango guy? Mm, I don't know for sure. Uh uh-uh. No, we just had one. Have you taken a position on this, Mr. Watson? Mm. I'm uh, a green mango guy. I think you just go with both. Those are tart. Those are tart. Well, um, so Grandpa Levi and Mr. <laughs> Watson, I'm glad you guys had a good time over there. Um, I'm still, I'm going to actually stay up a little late tonight so I can intersect with the proper people that have video of both of you guys singing karaoke. That is a curious thing. There's a lot of video taken and I didn't see, but I only saw your video, Matt. Oh, yeah. They're waiting. They're video. Not I got seen, some video. They're waiting for my permission to just go publishing ape. Oh my. I'm going to probably put a small bonus on like whoever can upload the most Matt Watson karaoke videos to the startup hub. There's only one Facebook person show. that has the video, and I know, I know. exactly who exactly. it is. I do too, because you told me last yeah. time. So that was a bad idea. And you know what? This is, oh my God. This is like the time that I taught your son how to make it rain. Oh no. 
which I, you know, might not have been the most responsible decision. And I took a video of it and then I made another video of it, doing it in slow motion to the <laughs> Make It Rain song. Nice. He did. Oh my God. Anyway, you didn't hear that people. So, Hey guys, um, I'm going to get out of here cause I'm going to extend a bunch more job offers here in a bit. Nice. Yeah. And, uh, I'm hoping you guys, you know, might. Is our next episode going to be about how we got a second floor in a skyscraper? Uh, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> I think we're going to talk. Well, let's do a little uh, lead into that. Uh, Ray, do you have a business documentary or business movie from the past that you find to be your favorite? Well, what could compete with Wall Street? What, just plain old Wall Street or the, the Wall first Hub? one? Oh, yeah. no. Well, oh, yeah. my goodness. That's a good one, too. <laughs> That's a great one, too. Yeah. But Wall Street, man, that, that big, when he's in the park and he has that giant cell phone yes. that looks like a brick to his head. I still just, have one of those. That's just so money. I still have one of those. A bag phone? No, it wasn't a bag. He had that great big yeah. flat yeah. phone like this and helps to his those face. Are awesome. That's so money. Those are awesome. So, yeah, I watched that. I, I My favorite line from that is, uh, what's he say something? He's like, how much is enough? And he just says, more. I'm like, wow. Greed is okay. good. Okay. Greed a, is good. That's a speech. I could see myself giving that speech, which is maybe good. I just wish I had enough hair to comb backwards like Michael Douglas does. <laughs> well, anyway, guys, thanks for hanging out. Uh, for those of you that want to see Matt Watt, uh, Mr. Watson singing karaoke, sign up for the Facebook uh, Startup Hustle chat. Matt's it's going to happen. Matt's looking at me a little cross We're going to have a Stackify karaoke night, so... Yeah, I'm gonna come in. I think you can probably happen. sneak in there with. I'm gonna rock that to. shit. Like I'm gonna. Yeah, I mean, I have the voice of an angel. I taught Justin Bieber how to sing. All right, we better we better just cut this off. <laughs> See you guys next Bye. time. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCarsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle.